a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Fans, welcome in. This is the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com, as it is each and every episode. And I am your host and Utes Insider, Trevor Allen. So glad to have you guys aboard for another edition of the Crimson Corner as we talk all things Utah athletics. And we're getting closer and closer to the start of the college football season as we have now entered July. And we're going to be diving deep into college football as we go on over the next two months if you will but hopefully things are still going in the right direction to where there will be a college football season coming up on today's show i'm going to tell you guys the uh potential head coaches and waiting for utah football now that morgan scally's offer that was given by utah ad mark harlan has been rescinded but he's not out of the picture just yet And then also we will preview the final position group on defense, and that is the defensive ends. That has a lot of talent, including some veteran pieces, along with some highly touted recruits on the edges for Utah football coming up in 2020. But first, we head over to recruiting. I probably could have mentioned this in the last episode, but we had Ryan Lacey on to talk about the Morgan Scally incident where uh, he said that Morgan called him a racial slur according to Lacey, back in 2008. But then Scally denied the allegations in the investigative report that was sent out when Utah announced that Scally was going to be reinstated. But Utah, on that day where Scally was brought back to Utah football, they also picked up a verbal commitment, which I believe this is number seven for the Utes in the 2021 class, and that is Diamikio Nathan II, Now, Nathan is a three-star wide receiver out of Texas from South Grand Prairie High School in Grand Prairie, Texas. He's the 178th ranked player in the state of Texas. Nathan had offers from Arizona, Boise State, Bowling Green, BYU, Duke, Houston, Illinois State, Kansas, Kansas State, Navy, San Diego State, Texas Tech, Tulane, UCF, University of Texas, San Antonio, and William & Mary. And so joining Nathan as far as verbal commitments for Utah is quarterback Peter Costelli, 
running back Ricky Parks, linebacker Trey Reynolds, offensive lineman Coley Fa'eu, along with defensive end Valami Puha and Tavita Fotu. Now, I want to talk about this a little bit because I know that it's swirling around now with the Morgan Scally news that came out that in order for Morgan Scally to return to Utah football, he had to one where Scally would engage with leadership of the university's equity, diversity, and inclusion team, including Vice President Marianne Villarreal. He will also participate in regular and ongoing diversity and inclusion education and will be expected to be a key partner in addressing issues of racism and bias in the Utah Athletics Program, the university, and the broader community. But on top of that, two other things stood out, and that is back in December of 2019, the university and Coach Scally verbally agreed to a multi-year extension of his contract, which was giving him a, a pay raise to his annual compensation to $1.1 million. But because of this news that has come out, he will now get a new contract, which will go back to his 2018 compensation level in the form of a one-year deal worth $525,000. And then also back in that uh, during those contract talks and when they verbally agreed on it, AD Mark Harlan also verbally offered Coach Scally to become the head coach in waiting, but that has now been rescinded. So that got me thinking. I mean, we all knew that that was going to be the case for Morgan Scally, that he was going to be the head coach in waiting. I mean, he was a player where he was an All-American at Utah, grew up in Utah, and then obviously has been coaching since 2006. So we knew that that was going to be the case, but then this happened where he sent a text message in 2013 that included a racial slur, and that has led Utah to pull that offer. But Mark Harlan did not solidify any answer that would say that Morgan Scally would never have that opportunity come up again. Here is what Mark Harlan said during the teleconference when asked if Scally still had a chance to become the head coach in waiting again. I think that, um, you know... Obviously, the future is is what it will be. I, I know that, um, obviously, I had great belief and continue to, be, to have great belief in Coach Scali, so much so that, obviously, we were public today about our understanding in the program. So I think that tells you enough of what I think about him, his leadership, um, the way he, he can, the way he has in his career, uh, done so many things. You know, obviously, going forward, uh, as he stated in his opening comments, there is a lot of work to be done by him, and I have high expectations um, that he will uh, do that and, and do more and probably do stuff that we're not even seeing. So that's my expectations of him, and I, I imagine, not to speak for Coach Wood, he feels the same way. Um, I'm not going to speculate on, on the future, uh, any, anything beyond that, except that um, I believe the future and the things that uh, Coach Galley can do, of which we've talked a lot about in the last couple days, can all be accomplished. So basically Harlan didn't say that he could either earn it back or that it's gone forever, which to me still leaves the door open for him. I think that if, and I really think that you know the clock is ticking and that Morgan has a lot of work to do to be able to gain the trust back of his players, to gain trust back from, from potential recruits. I feel like that he has a lot of work to do, but I also think that he can get it done. But there are some things that he is going to need to do. And if he wants to become the next head coach of Utah football, he's going to need to, to speed up the process and, and try and get all of this cleaned up in time for him to still have that opportunity to become the head coach of Utah. Because I would say 
Kyle Whittingham, he is Kyle Whittingham is currently 61 years old. And from what I've heard is that he wants to coach until he's about 65 years old, which means you've only got a few more seasons left. So that's the big thing is that he's got to be able to get that done before Whittingham retires and be able to gain the trust back of not only the fan base, the players, the recruits, the coaching staff, but also A.D. Mark Harlan. So I would still keep Morgan Scally in that mix. Now, there's two other coaches out there who would be perfect fits to take over the Utah football program when Kyle Whittingham decides to retire and if it does not indeed go to Morgan Scally. The first one is Jay Hill, head coach up at Weber State. Jay played at Utah. Jay coached at Utah. And then he became the head coach of Weber State in 2013 and has since absolutely turned that program into a powerhouse in FCS football. He has taken to the playoffs, I believe, in three or four straight years. And each year they're going farther and farther into the playoffs. They, they went to the Final Four last year before losing to James Madison. And he has built a culture there. But I think he's waiting for that right job. And I think that that right job is Utah. I think Jay Hill would do a phenomenal job as the head coach of the Utes. And then the other person, I believe, could very well take that job, but I don't think it's as much of a lock as as we all think it is, and that is BYU head coach Kalani Satake. Now, Kalani coached at Utah for Whittingham. He was the the defensive coordinator until uh, John Pease and Morgan Scowley took over, and Kalani has had his hands full with that BYU program. It hasn't been the best ride for BYU and Kalani. But not all of that's Kalani. He, he's you know limited with uh, some of the resources. It's hard to get some of those big-time recruits, but he still does a pretty good job of getting guys in there. But we all know the difference between Utah and BYU is that talent gap. But I honestly think, as much as Kalani says he loves BYU, he loves coaching at his alma mater, if Utah came knocking on his door and said, we want you to be the head coach at Utah, he would leave BYU. And that's not coming from any sources or anything. That's just a, that's just my own thoughts. Because one, you're going to a Power 5 program. You're also going to a Power 5 program that is on the rise. You're going to be able to recruit at a higher level. You're going to be able to have money to pay your coaches more money. And it's also a, a school that he has helped build and a program that he knows very well. But I also know that Kalani would make way more money at Utah than he would at BYU. But if you ever have a chance to coach Power 5 football compared to a team that is not in a conference, I believe, and again, I'll say it again, just me thinking this, that Kalani would take that job. So Morgan Scally earning it back is one option. And then Jay Hill and Kwani Satake are the other two options that I think could be the next head coach in waiting for Utah football when Kyle Whittingham, whenever he chooses to hang it up. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we get back, we will preview the defensive ends for Utah football coming up in the 2020 season. It's a very talented group. I'll tell you names to watch out for when we get back on the other side. This is the Crimson Corner Podcast. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. 
In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Crimson Corner Podcast, powered by KSLSports.com. Host and Utes insider Trevor Allen here with you. Again, thank you so much for joining me. If you guys have missed previous episodes on the podcast, the last two were really good, and that is the Morgan Scally teleconference where AD Mark Harlan and Kyle Whittingham joined Morgan Scally on a teleconference with the media talking about bringing Morgan Scally back. That whole teleconference is on uh, one of the last episodes of the podcast. Along with the KSL Sports front page that Tom Hackett and I hosted on the day that Scally was reinstated. And then, but the most recent episode other than this one is former Utah cornerback Ryan Lacey joined me to talk about what he has been going through with this Morgan Scally news. Because, I mean, if you guys haven't gone back and listened, first of all, I would highly recommend that you do so. But just to kind of sum it up, when the news came out that Morgan Scally was suspended back in early June, former players were tweeting out their reactions to it. And Ryan Lacey was a guy who has not been on Twitter much. But once he heard the news, talked about his own personal story where he said that Morgan Scally called him a racial slur back in 2008 as a true freshman. Now, Morgan Scally has denied the allegations. But also during this time, Ryan Lacey has been getting death threats. Which is not right. Whether the story is true or not, it's not right. We're talking about lives here. But after talking to Ryan Lacey, it sounds like that they have the situation under control. Which is a good thing. But that was a really good conversation from Ryan Lacey. You guys can go check that out on the podcast feed. And there's also a story up over at kslsports.com. Defensive ends for Utah. Lots and lots of talent coming back. Because there's already been some of the reports out there that uh, Max Tupai is coming back, and we've already talked about that here on this podcast. You also have Mika Tafua, who's going to be a junior this year. Max is going to be a senior. Those are the two guys with a lot of experience because last year it was Mika and Max who were splitting reps opposite of Bradley and I. And Mika Tafua is legit. He's a very good player, and so is Max. So I think Utah's covered on the edges as far as starters, but what happens behind them? Well, you have a couple of guys that are, that are younger, in Fua Pututau, Taniela Pututau, who just got off of his mission. Then you also have Miki Sugaturaga, who Kyle Whittingham has spoken very highly of. He just used his a red shirt this last season, so he's still a freshman. But there's three guys, really two guys, that I think could come in and take the backup roles and eventually be starters 
and are basically the future of this program. And you guys already know who I'm talking about. So there's Tyler Weges, who he was a three-star guy coming out of high school, coming out of San Juan Capistrano, California. But then you have two local guys who were four-star prospects. And Xavier Carlton from Juan Diego High School and Van Fillinger from Corner Canyon High School. Those two guys are going to be really good. Xavier Carlton is a big guy, very big, but he's quick, so fast. And he was playing at a high level in California before he moved to Utah to go to Juan Diego and obviously picked up where he left off. But Van Fillinger is one of those guys who's just physical. He loves the contact. He has a great build for a D-end. And I think that he's going to be a guy that could really fit in right away for Utah out on the edges and really uh, compete for playing time to be the backup. Because I don't think anyone's going to take away the uh, starting spots for Mika Tafua and Max Dupati, especially during this whole pandemic. Because during spring ball, but, I mean, Carlton and Fillinger and we just were not there anyway. But had they been, it would have been probably a different story to see if anyone could could take that other spot from, from Max Tupai. I don't think anyone's taken away Mika Tafua's job because he's done such a great job, especially last year as a sophomore. You know, going into this season, especially with so many new faces, it's going to be hard for, for the younger guys to really be put in a position to start as a true freshman, especially on the D-line. I mean, obviously, it's going to happen at, in the uh, secondary, at corner and at safety. But I think that Xavier Carlton and Van Fillinger are in really good spots right now, and I think both of them could factor in at backups. So that's what I think is that those two guys are going to be backups, Tamika Tafua and Max Dupai. But Tyler Weegis is going to be in the conversation along with Fua Pututau and Taniela Pututau and Miki Sugaturaga. All right. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Trevor A. Sports or at KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure you guys leave us a rating and also leave us a review. And make sure you guys check out the podcast. We do it twice a week usually, sometimes more if I've got uh, breaking news or a really good guest and uh, also check out our content over at kslsports.com. You can click on the Utes tab and all that's right there. All of the Ute content you need right at your fingertips. So until next time, thank you guys for listening. This has been the Crimson Corner Podcast, and it's always powered by kslsports.com. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.